this flock, and I go that they might have a place as well, that they might come in. Uh, Fall Roundup is about that enfolding, and we do that into size groups where we can really get to know one another, where um, our friendships become face-to-face, our care for one another can become heart-to-heart, our service can become arm-in-arm, and our discipleship can begin as life on life. Now, just start with this roundup process. Now, that's when we, when we see roundup, that's what we think of, right? Cattle. Um, but, 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 that, but the biblical picture of roundup, of enfolding, is this. It's, it's sheep. So, we're going with the biblical metaphor this morning. We're going with what Jesus would have used. Uh, In fact, we're looking at that place where his heart had been so kindled by the compassion of the Father that when he looked upon a multitude of people, what he saw was sheep. Sheep distressed, sheep downcast, sheep without a shepherd. And it broke his heart. It broke his heart, and he had something to say to his disciples. But this morning, I wonder which sheep are you, okay? And you, you'll have five pictures to pick from. Are, is, is this kind of a crowd of... Notice how all those sheep are kind of looking our way right now. Like, we're the new guy that just walked in. Is there a place for me in a crowd like this? Maybe that's the one you identify with. Or, you're not even in the pasture. You're being pushed down the road, hassled, uh, hustling, and trying just to stay ahead. That, that's, you're, you're, you're the sheep on the road. Or... Uh, you're ready for Roundup. Summer's been fun, but you're ready to get back involved, reconnect with friends, and uh, you're the, the dog's out there giving the call, and the sheep are headed towards the shepherd. Or, oh my gosh, there's a shepherd? What's this? There, there's more? Those two sheep look like they were taking a long walk to me. Uh, and all of a sudden, or maybe this one. Uh, you're home. You're among friends. You never left. You're in the shepherd's arms. All's good. You know? I... I, I Roundup may be redundant for you. You're already rounded up. You're already connected. You're already involved. But, but which one of these pictures, which one of these pictures do you most identify with? Uh, and if you're willing to share that with another, that's going to be the nature of our conversation this morning. Uh, we're just going to take three to four minutes. If you came with someone, feel free to talk with them. If you see somebody close to you that looks friendly, feel free to talk to them. And let's just talk for about three or four minutes about your answer to that question. Which one of those pictures is most the sheep that you are and why? And if you want to come up with your whole, if you want to imagine, if none of those fit and you want to imagine your own sheep in a certain circumstance, you're free to do that too. Uh, no, No restrictions here, okay? Just three to four minutes and then we'll continue on with this. Which sheep? Are you? Okay, thanks. I want to point out something to you this morning. We're going to do this a little bit differently. The message is going to be a a good deal shorter. And at the end, we're going to have a special exercise, okay? Uh, We're going to do something rather than just listening. We want to demonstrate this very thing that we're going to talk about this morning. And and don't don't get concerned. It's going to be something that all of us... All of us can do, but we have intentionally left this area out here in the middle there for folks to be prayed for. And at the end of our service, if you, you will be one of two people, we hope. We're going to get up from where we are and go to the walls of the sanctuary, and I'm going to invite people for whom this category applies to come and just stand in a huddle there in the middle, and the rest of us are going to come around and pray for those folks, and then everybody goes back to the walls. 
And then we'll call for a new group of people. And those people will go into that center section. And then all of us will gather around and pray for them. So sometimes you'll be the ones prayed for. Sometimes you might be the ones praying. Nobody has to pray out loud, okay? Nobody freak. Everything's cool, all right? Uh, but we'll just pray for our hearts and uh, from our hearts uh, when that happens. We're rounding up. That's, that's what this is about. Uh, I, I want you to know, know something. And that is, if Jesus pick a place to be in this room right now, I would bet that Jesus, and he's the only one that can be in many places at one time, would have been in the place of that person that was just listening to you. That's where Christ would be. That's where Christ's heart wants to be. And I think that's why he said, it's better that I go away rather than stay here. Because his heart couldn't stand the ache anymore. He, he wanted to touch every one of his kids. Be that intimate with everyone that he cared for. That's Christ's heart. And you can see it in this passage this morning. He, he, he's, it's, I would imagine it's a time kind of like this, you know. J Jesus' ministry is really starting to churn. It's kind of the fall, you know. For 30 years, he's been preparing for this, and now the ministry's really getting underway. He's, he's gone into the, thank you, he's gone into the, to the desert, and they've been tempted and got focused on his calling. He's come back. He's started reaching out to others and ministering to them. He's going from city to city and town to town, and as he goes from town to town, he never stays long enough for anybody's, you know, for anybody's satisfaction. He comes in, expresses God's heart, not only with his words, but with his actions. And then it seems like the crowd hadn't had enough, so some from there follow him to the next place. And then some from those two places to the third place. And this crowd seems to be growing until this point. Mark actually tells us the crowds grew so much that it was difficult for Jesus to even get into the cities anymore. But he had to stay in the outlying regions no, no place could handle the crowd that this kind of compassion was drawing to Jesus. And Jesus was going about the cities. This is Matthew 9, verse 35. And Jesus was going about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness and seeing the multitudes... Seeing the multitudes, it's, print, it's printed up here on your screen. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Into his harvest. I want us to note three quick things this morning about this passage. And as we note it, then we're going to respond to it. First of all, I want you to notice what Jesus saw. And second, what Jesus said. And third, then what Jesus prescribed. Okay? What Jesus saw. It's obvious that he saw the people. 
He saw all the people, he saw the multitude, and he saw each one of the people. He didn't just see a crowd, he saw those within the crowd as individuals. Some were distressed, he could tell. Some, some were downcast. It was as if every heart mattered. You know, it, you have a different kind of vision once you develop this kind of heart for compassion. It's as different uh, from what you're used to, perhaps, as, as a, a shepherd's vision is as different from a sheep's vision as uh, uh, as a lifeguard's vision is from those who are playing at the lake or in the pool. You with me? Uh, the, uh, the lifeguard's vision is something that's been honed. In, in other words, that lifeguard notices the all, but he notices the each. And he notices all that all at the same time. And that's critical to being a good lifeguard, isn't it? If you just see the crowd and wonder where people are out there on the edges, but don't notice those that are distressed among, then you never have the edge on the opportunity to do what you do, to serve, to jump in, to make a difference, right? It takes a different kind of vision. And, and, and that vision is categorically different. It's a whole different level of sensitivity than the sensitivity of those that are just playing in the water. You with me? Jesus, Jesus has that kind of vision. And, and it's, it's been refined, first of all, in Mark it says that Jesus went to a place to pray. He went, he went out and he started doing his ministry and the crowds, the crowds gathered in Mark 1. And, and Jesus then goes away from the crowds, spends time in prayer, like we've been spending time in prayer this summer, gets with his Father's heart, comes back to the crowd and immediately says, the disciples are saying, we've been looking for you. All these people still need your help. And Jesus says, what? He says, I, I've got to go to the next city because that's what I came out for. He's so compelled by the compassion of God that he's drawn to those who have yet to have any kind of ministry in the next town, and then the next, and then the next. And, and, and these crowds start growing. And, and it's these that he's been going out to that become this, this multitude that's spoken of here. And he sees each and every one of them with this heart kindled from compassion, the compassion of his Father. Matthew just talks about the compassion and the way he looked. And he saw them. Compassion opens our eyes, but it doesn't just open our eyes. It empowers us and enlivens and enlists and exercises our hands. Jesus was going from town to town in Mark, and he notices one on the edge of the crowd. He's a leper. Do you remember that story? He's a leper and he's calling out to Jesus. And the reason he's calling out to Jesus is law restricts him from getting any closer to that crowd. So Jesus apparently sifts through that crowd to get to that leper and people scatter from him like, like, like birds on a fall afternoon when you walk through a field. They're just 50 yards back was the, was the, was the law of the day. You had to be that far away if you were a leper. They thought it was that contagious. But Jesus doesn't flinch. and He doesn't run away. Instead, he comes to him. And the leper says, Lord, if you're willing, I've been watching from afar, if you're willing, if you're willing, I can be made clean. And Jesus says, if I'm willing. And you have to read this very carefully, but it's very important. He doesn't heal him and then hug him. That would have been the easy way. 
that would have been the way I would have done it. Oozing sores, grotesque, contagious. Clean them up. Hugs all around, you know? Then, then we'll have our group hug. Jesus touches him. Ever since they had said, you're a leper, and you're, van- you're banished from this community. Since that day, he had never known a touch, lest it be the touch of another leper. Jesus touches him, oozing sores and all. He touches him, it says in the scripture, with compassion. That's the stuff that gets kindled in us when we spend time with Jesus and his Father. Right? It's one thing that that compassion draws a crowd. But Jesus sees the crowd being drawn by that compassion. And he he says something. I want us to know what he says. He turns, first of all, to his disciples. Those who have already received that kind of compassion, know that kind of love, are enfolded in that kind of community. And he says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You see, he's saying, I, I I need some of you to step out of the water and get up here on the lifeguard stand with me. He's saying that compassion burns in you. Now let it open your eyes. Let it free you from your people blindness. People as burdens. People as, as uh, hassles in my life. You know, sometimes the greatest opportunities come disguised as a lot of hard work. I'll say it again. Sometimes the greatest of opportunities come disguised as a lot of hard work. It's not easy to love people like this, to care like this, to reach out like this, to join God in His shepherding task, but that's what He calls us to. He said to His disciples, how many of you this morning would say, that's me, I'm one of those, I'm one of His disciples? Two. Okay, good, good. That was not a rhetorical question. Thank you very much. I was thinking, man, we really do not have a whole lot of people to pray for when this thing is over. That's good. That's good. It's good to see those. We, we are all his disciples. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He calls it a harvest. A harvest is not a work you can do just any time. Do, do, do you hear, hear the urgency in that? The harvest is plentiful. He's saying there's opportunity around us right now. Right now, God is already working, Jesus said. And if my Father is working, then I must be working too. I must join Him. That's how Jesus talked about it. That that God was always at work around us. But sometimes we don't have the eyes to see it. Don't have the eyes to see what God is stirring in a friend's heart. Don't have the eyes to see in the depths of that person's need. The opportunity that God wants us to take in reaching out to that need. And starting to meet that need. But that's what God calls us to. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is something that can be missed. Now, I'm not saying that there will ever be a time that people will not be in need around us. That's true. (laughs) But the harvest now is not going to be the harvest next fall. 
Do you understand that there's people in your life right now that God could touch through you that next fall you might not have that opportunity? Every harvest is a passing opportunity. And if, if, we, if, if we pass on that opportunity, that fruitfulness of what God is already doing out there can rot in the field. It can miss our partnership. I don't know why God sets it up that way. I don't know why God is willing to be that vulnerable with the stuff that He's doing in the people's lives, of, in our hearts, and in the hearts of other people around us. But some, for some reason, God calls us into His field, into that place that He's already preparing. He calls us into His work. And it's already being done. You understand? When we show up, we're not just turning ground. He doesn't need us to show up to start His work. He needs us to show up to join Him in the work that He's already doing. A harvest is ready, He said. The time is ripe. There's an opportunity right now for us to seize, Jesus was saying. And then Jesus gave a prescription. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He send out what into His harvest? What? Workers. That he send out workers into his harvest field. And, and there's, there's kind of the hitch, you know. So, so what did he tell his disciples to do? To pray. Okay, we've been doing prayer. We've been praying all the time. We're, we're prayers, all right? Prayers. Uh, but, but he also, in turning to his disciples, it's not obvious who these workers are yet. He says, first of all, pray. First of all, pray. He didn't just say, okay, go get some work done. That's not what he's saying. But because you can go and get the work done and just be doing it as a heartless chore. Right? Or you can go to all these opportunities with the heart of God burning in you. And the difference is, is categorical. It's different in what it does for you and within you, and it's different in what it does for the people who are on the receiving end of your service. Whether or not your heart in that service has already had its eyes opened. See? To see the need of others and say, God, give me a chance. Ben. The focus is not on the work that's being done. The focus is on the work that's getting you to the life of the one who's in need. You see, it just goes so much farther than a bunch of church work. That's just a chore. But when you show up in a child's class, not only to do the lesson, and to make sure that you get across the three objectives that day, but when you have the eyes to see all of them, and to see each of them. To see the one that day that seems troubled, distressed, and downcast, and in need of encouragement, and a moment of tenderness, as well as with the lesson. Then the impact you have has the fingerprint of God. Not just the fingerprints of men. Who is it that he calls into his harvest? It's his workers. But who are the workers? The workers are the prayers. 
that have got in touch with the heart of God. And, and who are the prayers? The prayers are his disciples. Let's take it the other direction. We're his disciples. We pray to get in touch with the heart of our God. Right? And, and the very ones we're praying for end up being us. In the very first verses of chapter 5, the very next... Uh, is chapter 5? 10. 10. Chapter 10 of Matthew. We're in 9. The, the very next verse is Jesus choosing the 12 and sending them out to the scattered sheep of Israel. you think there ought to be a connection there? I think maybe... The disciples prayed, Oh Lord, oh Lord, send someone. Oh Lord, send someone. Oh Lord, send someone. Right? And what makes our prayer not a send someone else? But here I am, Lord, send me. It's the fact that His heart of compassion has kindled ours. And so today, if we're, if we're going to act out this word, at some moments, you'll all be acting as disciples, but in some moments, you'll be prayers. And then in some moments, you might be the workers being prayed and sent forth. And whenever we pray for you today, if you're one of those workers, if you identify yourself as one of those, and, and you go to the middle... Right, right out here, and you go there, I, I want you in those moments, not only to just listen to the prayer, but I want you to be sensitive to the fact that the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, wants to pour His heart into yours. Right? Wants to open your eyes in a way that makes you see others around you differently. Not just with your eyes and not just with your heart, but with the heart of God with the eyes of Jesus. And, and when this community becomes a community of those kinds of lifeguards, all of Broken Arrow will be a safer place to swim. Not just this church. You see, this church is just the lifeguard stand. But Monday through Saturday... We jump in the water on rescue missions. So we pray for you as a worker here in this church while you're a part of this fellowship, but know that you perhaps are even more a light when you're surrounded by darkness. You're more salt when you're out of the shaker. We want to pray for you. So, and we're right on time. Hot dog. Okay, we're right on time. So, this is, thank you. Thank you. If you're new here, you have no idea what an accomplishment that is for the pastor. That's why you're, you're getting applause here this morning. But, what I'd like you to do, you can just leave your purses and all your paraphernalia uh, where it is. But we're going to just exercise this. And, and, and we're going to do Let me explain it again. Immediately when you stand up, we're just going to go to the back and the walls of the sanctuary and just gather there. The praise team is going to come and accompany this with a little tune. And I'm going to ask for the very first people that we pray for 
to be these for the home team leaders and hosts. Those po folks whose names are on the posters back there are our new leaders this fall. And I, I love that picture, don't you? It bears a little explanation. That, that's that's, a, that's a, one of the tallest human pyramids now are being built by the Castillers from a town in Spain, Castile. And, and they, they, they gather for their fall roundup, and this is what they do. They build human pyramids. We'll be doing this outside immediately. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but, but look, look at how this works. The reason that they can go as many as nine adults high in these human pyramids is because at the bottom, do you see at the bottom, there's, there's a crowd of people all locking arms, all pushing in on those guys who are the base that are bearing tons of weight without falling and giving to it. I want us as servants all this year, no matter how big the needs get around us, to remember what it was to fill this corporate strength, this praying for, this praying Christ's strength into us, because God calls us not just to be another church on another corner. What He really calls us to be is Christ with skin on. Here and wherever we go. So let's stand. And if you're not a home team leader or a home team host, just move to the walls for just a moment. And if you are a home team leader and a home team host, I ask you to step right into that center section that's open. Right here in the middle. Okay? All right. Kind of makes you feel like this is a Sadie Hawkins dance or something, doesn't it? Okay.